Paul, addressing the church at Rome, said this. He said, For I say, through the grace given unto me, every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Say this to me. I have a measure of mountain-moving faith. Now, I want you to open your Bibles this morning. We're going to look at some verses. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And verse 3. We started this year out talking about the year of the greater. And we've discussed in depth greater presence, how to tap in and practice the presence of the Lord. We've talked about greater glory. We've also talked about great grace. And other ones have talked about the grace of God. What I want to talk to you about this morning is greater faith. Notice with me in verse 3, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. Because that your faith grows exceedingly. And the charity of every one of all of you toward each other aboundeth. I want us to pay particular attention to that phrase. Because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Can our faith grow? Can the measure of mountain moving faith that God has given us be cultivated, be developed, and grow to a place where we are mature in God and that we are experiencing victory in our lives. You know, we quoted it during the offering, and it's Ephesians 3.20, where he says, God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, and it's in direct proportion to the power that's working in us. For us to tap into the exceedingly great things that God desires to do for us, our faith must keep pace with what God desires to do in our lives. You see, if I'm going to experience exceeding great things, then my faith must be growing exceedingly on a regular basis. Can our faith grow? Can our faith be developed? It absolutely can Now, I want you to look over at something that uh, Paul said concerning Timothy's life. I believe it's in 2 Timothy. And notice with me in verse uh, chapter 1 and verse 5. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Let's pray over the word as we get into it today. Father, thank you so much for the word of life, the word of strength, and the word of faith. We apply our hearts to understanding today. We open our spirits to what you would say to us this morning. And Lord, we honor you and we give you praise today. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. So Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also... Now, notice that word, unfeigned faith. The word unfeigned there means true. It means genuine. Paul recognized the faith that was in Eunice and also in his grandmother Lois, and that he was fully persuaded that it would be in Timothy's life as well. He said that it must be a true faith. It must be a genuine faith. Well, I want you to know this, that if we're going to operate in greater faith, we must understand that there is a true faith and there's a false faith. There's an unfeigned faith, there's a genuine faith, 
And then there's something that calls itself faith that really isn't faith at all. Rather, it's foolishness. Sometimes it's presumption. But true faith, true, genuine faith, the beginning of all faith begins by hearing. It begins by hearing. And so look with me over at Romans chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 16 and 17. Say it with me. Greater faith in my life begins by hearing. In Romans 10, verse 16 and 17, he says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Who has believed our report? Now read verse 17 with me. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Read it one more time. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now notice with me the word word there, the last word in that specific uh, verse there, word of God. The word word there is rhema. Everyone say rhema. So literally what this word is saying to us today, that faith comes by hearing the word of the Christ. How many of you know that Jesus is the Christ? Faith comes by hearing and by hearing words spoken by the anointed one. Faith for your life and my life will come by hearing the rhema of the Christ by the spoken utterances of the anointed one. Has anyone ever heard an utterance spoken by the anointed one that quickened you in your spirit and all of a sudden faith came and you knew that you knew that you had your answer? So faith comes by hearing. It does not come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. How many of you know that the Lord will quicken his word to you when you are in a particular situation that he will just tailor make a word for you in the season that you're in? Has that ever happened to anyone? Maybe you were going through something and you didn't know how you were going to make it. But you opened the word of God and you started reading and the Holy Spirit caused that word to come off the pages of that Bible and be deposited into your spirit and encourage you. And you knew that you knew that you were going to make it through because you've been hearing the anointed word of the Christ. Come on, somebody. Thank God the word of God is anointed. And so when you have a word for your particular situation, what that does is it makes sure that you're sure-footed, that you can face tomorrow. It makes sure that you have a firm foundation to stand on. You know that you know that you know that you know down in your knower that everything's going to be all right because you've heard from God. The question I have for you today is this. Can you have faith without hearing? The answer is no. Can your faith exceed your hearing? No. You see, faith for salvation comes by hearing the Word. Faith for the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes by hearing the Word. Faith for healing comes by hearing the Word. Look with me over at Acts, if you would, and notice with me in chapter 14 and verse 7 through 10. Amen. Say it with me. I'm hearing from God. I'm hearing from God daily. Amen. I want to encourage you to tap into the rhema of God. 
tap into the utterances that come from the words of his mouth, from the pages of this Bible. In Acts chapter 14, verse 7 uh, through 10, it says, And there they, Paul and Barnabas, what did they preach? Did they preach religion? Did they preach what they thought? No, they didn't preach tradition. They preached the gospel. Now, the gospel is a very, very important word to know and to understand. The gospel simply means good news. Amen? Amen. Good news to a sinner is they don't have to stay at being a sinner. They can become a saint. Good news to a person that needs healing is that Jesus is the healer. Listen, folks, this gospel that you and I are acquainted with is not just a gospel that saves you from your sins. But this gospel that we preach, this gospel that we believe is an all-inclusive gospel. It is good news. It includes safety. It includes preservation. It includes soundness. It includes wholeness. It includes healing. It includes everything that you'll ever need in your life. That's what Paul was preaching that day. Paul and Barnabas were in this particular city and they were preaching the what? They were preaching the gospel. Now notice in verse 8. And there sat a man at Lystra, impotent in his feet. He was a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. He was in a bad situation, was he not? Now notice the next verse. The same heard Paul speak. What did he hear? He heard the gospel. What is the gospel? Good news. news. He must have heard that he didn't need to be lame anymore. That was good news to that man. And when he heard the gospel, faith came. Amen. See, Paul did his part. He preached the gospel. Faith came. And the man that was lame did his part. He received the gospel. He heard the gospel. And the Bible says, Paul, the same heard Paul speak. Paul steadfastly looking at him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. He got the faith to be healed from what he heard. You will get the faith to be filled with the Spirit from what you hear. You will get faith to prosper by what you hear. You will get faith to operate in the mind of Christ and in a sound mind by what you hear. The question I have for you is, what are you hearing? Faith does not come by having heard, but faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the words of the Christ. Come on, somebody. And so Paul is looking at him. He's perceiving that this man that was impotent in his feet from his birth had faith to be healed. So he simply said with a loud voice, he didn't lay hands on him. He simply spoke the word over him. Paul also must have had a rhema. He had to hear that from someone. Stand up. He said it with a loud voice. Stand up right on thy feet. And the Bible says he leaped and walked. Oh, come on, somebody. He got up. He leaped and he walked. Thank God. Thank God. So Paul did three things. He preached the gospel. Secondly, he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. Thirdly, he told the man to stand up and walk. But the man did three things. He heard the the word preach. He had faith to be healed. And thank God he got up. And you know what? You can get up too. 
No matter what's got you down, no matter what's happening in your life, He is the glory and He is the lifter up of your head. Maybe you came in feeling a little down, a little depressed. I want you to know that if you'll hear the gospel, if you'll hear the rhema of the Christ, He will lift you, He will bless you, He will set your feet on solid ground. Glory to God. You can't keep a good man down. And I'm looking at a congregation full of good men and good women. See, the devil couldn't keep the God man down. And if he couldn't keep the God man down, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. He can't keep you down either. But you got to make sure that when you're down, you don't bring the violins in and you start feeling sorry for yourself. But you turn the word on and you speak the word and you worship because the word is alive. And you pray in the Holy Ghost. And it won't be long before you're back up on your feet. It won't be long before you're debt free. It won't be long before that cancer is gone. It won't be long. Woo! Hallelujah! But it comes by hearing something. Not the traditions of men. It comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of the Christ. Turn with me quickly to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, the first chapter. And notice verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, saying the same thing, yet from a different perspective, writing to the church at Ephesus. The Apostle Paul says, In whom you also trusted. Now notice, after that you heard the word of truth. You cannot trust before you've heard something. But he says, You did trust, and it was after you heard the word of truth. Faith came. The gospel of your salvation. The good news. In whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Listen to this statement. Our miracles do not start with our faith. Our miracles in our lives, our breakthroughs in our lives, start by hearing from the Lord. Miracles just do not happen by and large for people that are in an atmosphere of the Word like you are all the time. Miracles come by hearing the Word of the living God. You can't, and I cannot, Believe beyond what I've heard. Faith is always based on what God said or what He's currently saying. You see, we have 66 books that reveal to us what God has said. What has God said? You need to know what God has said. Amen? Be in the Word. But faith also comes not only by what he has said, but but also by what he is currently saying. Is God currently saying things and giving us rhemas for our life? Yes, he is. You know how he does it? He does it by his spirit. He has sent the Holy Spirit into our lives and into our hearts to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, and to give us 
a word, if you will, in season concerning our particular situation. Amen. Now we're going to look at this in a little bit of a deeper way here as time allows. But what I'm saying to you is this. Don't step out until you've heard from him. Don't step out just because someone told you you should. Don't start that business in presumption and foolishness because your best friend started a business similar to the business that you want to start and they're a millionaire. He may have said that to them, but is he saying it to you? There's too much stepping out in presumption. There's too much stepping out in foolishness. And when we step out in presumption and not having a word from him, not having a rhema for our lives, we're open prey to failure. And then oftentimes when people fail, God gets blamed for it. I got a word from you. Don't blame God. Look in the mirror and go back and ask yourself and get gut level honest with yourself. Did I really hear from God? There's tons of people starting churches in America today that are no more pastors than I'm an astronaut. And I'm not being judgmental about it. Because the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. Well, I want to I preach. I have a burning desire to preach. Just because you're called to preach doesn't necessarily mean you should be a pastor. Amen. Have you heard from the Christ? Have you got a rhema of God? Because I'm telling you what, the rhema of God will hold you steady when all hell breaks loose on your life. The rhema of God will hold you steady when hell breaks loose on your business. The rhema of God will hold you steady in your marriage when you marriage the right person. You've got to have a rhema from Christ, a rhema from God, and know that you know, that you know and you know her, that you're supposed to marry that person. Yeah, but he came to the altar and said he'd quit drinking beer. Well, glory to God, give him a year or two. Yeah, amen. Oh, anyway. You've got to live by the quickened word. God will quicken a word to you. It's the rhema of God. Now look with me at Mark chapter 4. Look with me at Mark chapter 4. We're not going to get through this message, but we'll get a good start on it. Hallelujah. Everyone say utterance. Say it with me, Lord. Give our pastor... And give our pastors supernatural utterance. Give them a word, Lord, that'll help me. Amen. How many have been helped so far? Well, there's more help coming. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 14. The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have what? When they have heard, evidently faith came, but notice who came right away to steal the word. Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And verse 16, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have what? They've heard the word, faith came, immediately they receive it with gladness. That's the way you should receive the word, amen? But... They don't have any root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for what? It arises for the word's sake. 
immediately they are offended. All oh, this faith stuff doesn't work. I'm going to go to a different church. That's just a bunch of junk. That's just a bunch of mind stuff, mind over matter. No, it's not mind over matter. It's the Word of God over matter. Amen. That won't cost you anything extra. Verse 18. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as do what? Notice with me, all of them are hearing what? And what is coming as a result of hearing the word? Faith. Faith is coming. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes what? But these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive the word and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Verse 21. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? Verse 22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Now notice verse 23. If any man have ears to what? If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now read verse 24 with me. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Now that's a, a little bit blind to us. Let me read this from a different translation. You just listen. In the NLT, he said, in verse 24, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. Verse 25, for he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he has. Listen, the ones who pay close attention to the Word of God, will receive more. Those who do not, those who don't, won't. Listen to this statement. If you are taking heed to what you're hearing, you will keep the door closed on the enemy and give him no place. And we understand that he uses five things. Afflictions, persecutions. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things. These things are enemies to your faith. These things are enemies to what you have heard. And the Bible says in Luke, he said, those on the good ground, say it with me, I'm that one. <laughs> I'm on the good ground. With an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, they keep it. Or in other words, they protect it. My dear brothers and sisters, you've got to protect yourself from carrying the cares of this life. You've got to protect yourself from the pride of life and the lust of things that come to your life. You've got to protect yourself when afflictions and persecutions rise up. For the word. See, the devil's a liar. I know the devil's a liar. And he comes to discourage. And he comes to beat you and to knock you down. 
But we must keep the word and protect the word and not let the word of God depart from before our lives. Amen. 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 I want to talk to you about three words. Hear, see, and do. Hear, see, and do. Hearing is the beginning of your faith. Say that with me. Hearing Hearing. is the beginning beginning. of my faith. faith. You suppose the Apostle Paul knew anything? Let's look over and see what he said about that. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 6 through 9. He said, be careful for what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Read verse 8 with me. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, verse 9 is what I want you to see. Let's read it together. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Notice with me. Hear, see, and do. Where do you suppose Paul learned that from? Paul's telling the church at Philippi, follow my example. What you've seen in me and what you've learned in my life and from my life, from this letter that I've written to you, what you've heard and what you've seen as a result of what you've heard, I want you to do it. And when you do it, the God of peace, the God of shalom will be with you. How many of you know when the God of shalom is with you, there's not going to be nothing missing or nothing broken in your life. But if the church at Philippi had just sat casually by and just determined in their heart that they were going to hear, but they weren't going to hear attentively, they wouldn't be able to see what Paul was really saying to them. And they really wouldn't be able to do what they were instructed to do. And as a result, they wouldn't have the things that God wanted them to have. Now, the question I have for you is this. Where do you suppose the Apostle Paul learned this wonderful principle of hearing and seeing and doing? I believe that he learned it from the Master himself. Now, I want you to see some things this morning. And I want you to know and to understand that Jesus himself said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now, here's what the master said in John 5.30. He said this, I can of my own self do nothing. He says, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I don't seek my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. Now, let's look at the message translation in that. In verse 30 and 31, Jesus said this. He said, I can't do a solitary thing on my own. Have you found out that without him you can't do anything? He says, I can't do a solitary thing on my own. I listen, then I decide. In other words, I heard first. 
Because hearing was the basis for his faith. He said, I, then I decide. He says, you can trust my decision because I'm not out to get my own way, but only to carry out orders. Amen? So there's hearing. Now look at John 5, verse 19. John 5, 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. There's seen, isn't it? For what things soever he doeth, these also the Son will do likewise. So first and foremost, he heard. Secondly, he saw. Hearing and seeing, and then he did. In the message translation, it says this, verse 19 and 20. So Jesus explains himself at length. He said, I'm telling you this straight, that the son can independently do a thing, only what he sees the father doing. What the father does, the son does. The father loves the son and includes him in everything he is doing. So we see this principle from the master. The master (coughs) did not just go through his life independently without first hearing from God. He was, we could say it this way, he was God dependent. He was was not dependent on the fact that he was the son of God. He was dependent on the fact that as a son, he needed to hear from his father. Now your sons... And your daughters, if Jesus needed to hear from him, don't you think we need to hear from him? The Bible says of Jesus that a great while before day, he'd go out into a solitary place and he'd pray. I think it's interesting that the master had a life-giving, fresh communion with the father every day. And during that time of prayer, I believe that he heard from his father. And as a result of hearing from his father, he began to see some things that his father would have him to do. Yeah, that's good. Amen. It is not wise to go and do without first hearing. It is not wise to live our lives independent from vital union with the vine. For in those times of communion, in those times of fellowship, in those times of opening His Word, you must also open up your heart and let Him Lord over your life. A lot of times I'll go to the Lord and I'll say, Lord... You are the all-wise one. And in the natural realm, I'm not so smart. Not so much. And I'll say, Lord, I'm not exactly sure what to do. I'm not exactly sure what you have me to do in this specific situation. But I'm coming to you, and I need to hear from heaven. So I'm asking you, sir, to show me exactly what to do. You know what? If you put yourself in a position like that, it won't be long before you do hear from him. Oh, we need to hear from him. There's too many people going and doing things that they haven't heard the father say. 
There's too many people doing things that they haven't seen the Father do. This principle of hearing and seeing and doing will save your life. This principle of hearing and seeing and doing will make you a success in life. Because at the root, at the basis, faith comes by hearing. You can't really step out in faith until you've heard. You've got to hear from Him. And in hearing from Him, you'll be able to see yourself do that. Amen? And as a result of seeing yourself do it, you will begin to walk the steps that God's given you. The Bible says that the steps of a good man, what are they? They're ordered by the Lord. The rhema of Christ, the word of God will come to you and direct you exactly on what you're supposed to be doing. But if you think you're so smart, and if you think you can figure it out on your own, he will just let you do it on your own. How many of you know that he's a perfect gentleman? He will not force hearing on you. He will not force anything on you. That's why when we go to him, there needs to be an exchange. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, what will they do? They will renew their strength. The word renew there means they will exchange their strength for his strength. But it's not just an exchanging of your weakness for his strength. It's also an exchange of your lower thoughts, come on, for his higher thoughts. How many of you know that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts? His ways are higher than our ways. He's made his high ways and he's made his high thoughts available to man. But you must come before him and say, Lord, I exchange my ways. I exchange my thinking and I'm asking you for your thoughts Give me a word in season, Lord. I'll hear it. And in hearing it, I'll be able to do it. And when I do it, I will have success. Oh, glory to God. Faith comes by hearing. Have you heard from God lately? Have you heard from heaven? Is heaven directing your steps? Or are you just kind of... Trying to figure it out by your own strength, your own ingenuity. You know, about a year ago, Patsy Caminiti was here. And she said that the Lord gave her a word for 2013. And the word was this. Patsy, ask me questions that only I can answer. Ask me questions that only I can answer. Do you suppose that if you ask him questions, he loves you enough to answer you? How many of you in your life right now have some questions? You know what? That's about 100%. I'm going to ask you again. How many of you in your life right now would like to know some things and would like to hear from heaven? How many of you here today need to hear from heaven? Like every day. Thank God He's given us the Spirit of God. He's given us the Word of God. And when the Spirit of God and the Word of God come to you and speak a rhema to you, you can be sure-footed, you can have a firm foundation, and you can make it in life. Hallelujah. But you've got to see yourself. You've got to see it. In order to seize things from heaven, 
You've got to hear from heaven. And you've got to be able to see yourself doing mm -hmm. what he's telling you to do. When we first looked at this building back in 2002, 2003, I'm telling you what, we had to hear from heaven. And we did hear from heaven. The, word, the Lord gave us a word in the middle of the night and told us this building is yours, that property is yours. That's all I need. When heaven says it's ours, it's ours. No matter what the city man have said. No matter what the newspaper might have said. No matter what the bank account might have said. When God says, it's yours by the rhema of the Christ, that's an anointed word. And we began to see ourselves in this place. And I'm telling you, it took years, and it took some work, and it took some faith. But the firm foundation of the whole thing was, we had a word from God. And when you have a word from God... You will endure the difficult times. You will endure the test of time. Mm -hmm. How many of you know that time will try your faith? Yeah. Yeah. Keith Moore says it like this. He says that time tests our trust. trust. That's why he says, don't be lazy. You know, when God gives you a word, you can't be lazy. Because there's some things he wants you to do along the way, amen, to see to it that you are cultivating what he's told you to do and acting on what he's told you to do, taking every step that he's told you to do. Come on. It is through faith and patience that you will inherit the promises. You've got to see yourself. You've got to, some of you got to see your loved ones saved. You've got a word from heaven. The word from heaven says, if you will believe me and on my life in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved and your whole house will be saved. Oh, yeah. Have you heard from God? Right. Begin to see your loved ones coming into the family of God. Yeah. See it. Hear it. See it. And do it. Dad Hagen, my spiritual father, he exemplified a spirit of prayer for so many years went around teaching and preaching on movings of the Holy Ghost, and talked about being led by the Spirit, demonstrating the move of the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes he'd sit in that big blue chair over there on Wicks Boulevard and over on Royal Avenue, and he would just have a conversation with the Lord. And it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. He'd pray in the Spirit, and God would show him some things and tell him some things. And he'd have knowledge of what to do concerning things in his life and in his ministry. Patsy said that when she traveled with Brother Hagen, and when she'd go over to his house and pray, Brother Hagen would have some things on his heart. Let me ask you this today. Do you have anything on your heart? Is there anything in your heart? Are there some things that you need to pray about? And so Dad would have some things in his heart and on his heart, and he would just... Say, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. I, I, I'm thinking about going here. I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing that. But, Lord, I need to know, is my thinking right? I need to know whether that's right or whether that's wrong. And the Lord would show him, and he would direct his path. I believe this, that you can carry on a conversation with your maker. That you can carry on a conversation with him. 
He loves you just that much to show you and to direct you and to lead you and guide you. Submit your thinking to him. Submit your thoughts to him. Submit your life to him. Hear from him. And in hearing from him, you'll be able to see yourself do the things that you've heard. And as being a doer of the word of God, the Bible says that the God of peace will be with you. The God of shalom will be with you. You'll be able to carry out his plan and his purpose for your life. Let me pray with you right now. Father, I've done my best to deliver this word. I thank you for your ability. I thank you for giving us utterance. I thank you, Father, for each and individual that is here. I pray, Lord God, that our faith would grow exceedingly in these coming months, in these coming years. Lord, we know we have your word, that faith comes by hearing your word, and we cherish that, we treasure that. But we also know that we have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of us. So speak to our hearts, Lord. Lead us, guide us, and direct us, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen.